0: Welcome to B2B Marketers on the Mission, a podcast for B2B marketers that helps you to question the conventional, think differently, disrupt your industry, and take your marketing to new heights. Each week, we talk to B2B marketing experts who share inspirational stories, discuss their thoughts on trending topics, and provide useful marketing tips and recommendations. And now, here's your host and co-founder of Einbleich Consulting, Christian Klepp. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the B2B Marketers in the Mission podcast, where you get your weekly dose of B2B marketing insights. This is your host, Christian Klepp, and today I am excited to welcome a guest into the show who is an ABM champion for B2B brands, and he is on a mission to help them overcome their growth and engagement challenges with ABM, or account-based marketing. So coming to us live from Madrid, Spain, Mr. Declan Malkin. Welcome to the show, sir.
1: Thank you, Christian. Thank you for inviting me.
0: It's, uh, it's great to be connected, Declan, and uh, you know I really enjoyed our previous conversation, and I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, so why don't we just dive in? Perfect. Sounds good. All right. So Declan, you're currently the CMO at a company called Strategic ABM, and there you obviously provide ABM uh, solutions for B2B tech companies. But what I really want to talk about is um, you posted something on LinkedIn, I'd say about two weeks ago that got some incredible engagement, and that clearly had something to do with the topic of the post, which is around why ABM is not just good B2B marketing. So, could you please elaborate on that a bit further?
1: Sure, Christian. Yeah, it it was a post that kind of had been going around in the back of my mind for a long time based on what I know, the conversations I've been having with other people, the kind of conversation I've been seeing on platforms such as LinkedIn, etc. So I thought um, I'd put pen to paper and and create a, a carousel on LinkedIn and expand on it a little bit more in the text to kind of say why I believe that ABM is not just good B2B marketing, which some people you know out there are um, or perhaps you know um hinting or or, or or kind of talking about it as being just another another tactic really and so i think the, the the main points i was trying to make in that post that seemed to kind of grab the attention of the audience was that um abm it, it's a it's a very different thing to to b2b marketing it's first of all it's it's much more the marketing and that's probably one of the things that i always tell when we were talking to clients or prospects or the, or just the wider market really that abm is it's It's much more of an organizational. Uh, strategy as opposed to a, a sales or marketing strategy. So I think that's the first thing that makes it different. Very often the C-suite, i.e. the CEO, the CEO, the COO, et cetera, et cetera, are, are involved in the conversation because it's, it's about how do you, you know, move a company forward? How do you make that kind of leap forward in terms of growth, whether you're looking to win, you're looking to grow, or you're looking to retain your most important accounts? So that's really why the C-suite gets get involved. And I think it's also um, ABM, it's a bit of a misnomer, really, in terms of how the name account-based marketing, and I think probably that's what causes a lot of confusion, really, because When Bev Burgess, who um, invented the term back in 2003, I think it was, um, she she was having dinner with some guys from Accenture and Unisys, I think, and they were talking about client centric marketing. And off the back of that conversation, she kind of designed a new approach, ABM, and gave it the the name account-based marketing. But really, it's much more of an account-based strategy, which encompasses sales, it encompasses customer success, it encompasses account management, it encompasses operation, it encompasses the wider company. Because ultimately, I always like to call ABM the great unifier. And by that, I mean, it's the one thing that everyone can unify and and, um, come around in terms of accounts, because, you know, marketing hasn't done itself a lot of favors in recent years, inventing, you know, different acronyms such as, you know, MQL and SQL and all all these kinds of acronyms that really have it. And I'm I'm as guilty as anyone else, really, of, of, of celebrating all these great things and saying, hey, look, sales, we just sent you 10 MQLs. Isn't that amazing? And sales are like, what? I I, I don't want them. They're not of any interest to me because sales know which accounts they need to win. Sales know how to win those accounts. And and I think that's why bringing together ABM and sales is another reason why ABM is is different to to general B2B marketing. But there are many, many reasons. and I I recommend people to look at the post, um, which we can highlight um, a bit more about that um, after the show.
0: Yeah, thanks for elaborating on that. That was a really great answer. Um, you spoke about it a couple of minutes ago because you gave us a very, um, you know, uh, substantial uh, explanation of what uh, ABM is. But could you elaborate a bit more on what it isn't? Just to just to dispel this myth that or these misconceptions that people have.
1: Well, I think ABM, if, you know, a question that. I'm often asked is, you know, who is AB- ABM suitable for and who is ABM not suitable for? And, you know, th- there are different definitions out there, but we as an ABM agency, you know, the position that we take with our B2B tech audience is that ABM is suitable. First of all, there's, a, there's, a, there's three or four really key, key criteria. The first one, obviously, is you really need to be selling into mid-market enterprise accounts, as opposed to selling into smaller companies or selling into small SaaS startups. That's number one. Number two is typically the kind of product or solution or service that you're selling, it's a complex solution. It's a complex solution that tends to have a longer life cycle. It's not a transaction solution, it's not that I can jump on your website, find the buy button, click to and buy two. You know, this is not an Amazon purchase. It's 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 a complex solution. And by definition, a complex solution will have a longer life cycle. And also by definition, a complex solution will have multiple people involved. And unfortunately, the you know, the world has changed in many ways over the course of the last few years. But one way that it's changed particularly is in that many, many, many more people are involved in a buying decision. And that's for many reasons. I, I think back to kind of pre- financial crisis of 2007 2008 when people were making decisions and spending money relatively freely relatively easily but now there is a huge amount of risk aversion in companies there is a huge amount of consensus building in companies but also the fact is that there's an awful lot of technology so therefore any decision that gets taken these days it has to be reviewed in the sense of how's that going to impact our, our technology platform? How's that going to impact our customer service platform? How's it going to impact our CRM, our HubSpot, our Salesforce, our Marketo, whatever? So I think there's, you know, there's numbers, Talked about 6.8 people, seven people, eight people. The the long and the short of it is it's not one person. And so if it's not one person, you've got to put a, a, a strategy in place, a go to market strategy that can reach all of those people, engage with those people, talk to those people in a different way. Because a CFO will respond in a very, very different way to a CMO. And a COO or a CTO or a CIO or CISO, these guys are going to have different buttons to press. They're going to be impacted, influenced by different messaging, different value propositions different arguments, so it's not a one-size-fits-all, and that's probably, you know, when we say why ABM is a right fit or a bad fit or not a good fit, rather, tends to be around those areas, complex sales, longer life cycle, you're selling mid-market enterprise, your average order value or your average annual contract value is at least $50,000. Otherwise, the, the investment in time and in money just doesn't warrant it. So if you've got a lower value order um, solution, other tactics, be they inbound, be they demand gen, et cetera, are probably more suitable.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely right. And you know, to your point about the multiple uh, stakeholders involved in the buying decision process, I mean, like classic B2B, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you, you know, you brought up something that was really interesting just a couple of minutes ago and, you know, it was on the topic of like, you know, uh, something to do with the salespeople. So in your opinion, um, I'm just going to throw this one out there, but in your opinion, how does, um, a discipline like ABM help to bring these two groups together, marketing and sales to, you know, achieve those, those common objectives and, and the, the common objective being revenue generation?
1: Yeah. Well, I, like I said, I mentioned earlier, Christian, I, I, you know, I think it's the greatest unifier that exists at the moment, really. Mm-hmm. I, I come from a sales background originally before I went into marketing. So, you know, I've got the t-shirt, I've got the war wounds, I've got the battle scars. I've I've missed the last plane home. I've eaten badly in really bad hotels with, with bad linen. I mean, and that's probably being too kind to some of the hotels I've stayed in actually to say they had linen, but um, I've had all those kind of, you know, yeah. <laughs> terrible moments. And I think that's reflected a lot in a lot of the conversations I had with my fellow, you know, there's my my sales team in the agency that I work really closely, closely rather with. With the conversations I have when I'm talking to sales leaders within our clients and within our prospects, I'm always very eager to be part of the sales process of the agency because I think they want to hear my voice and they want to hear my stories. But they also want to hear the fact that I, I I understand what it is like to kind of do the sales and, and win the business and equally to lose the business. So I think that that kind of ABM, the fact is that we're, we're all unified. We're all, you know, part of the same focus which is accounts and that is you know whether you want to win accounts whether you want to grow accounts whether you want to retain accounts whichever the focus is all three or one of the three that that really speaks to a, a salesperson because their their day-to-day work their bread and butter is an R accounts and I think when a marketer can talk to a, a salesperson around hey Tell me which accounts you're working on. Tell me which ones you want to close this quarter. Let let me go away and I'll come back to you and I'll tell you what I can do to help you close those accounts. That is magic to a salesperson's ears. And obviously what's not magic to a salesperson's ears is, is, hey, here's a few MQLs or hey, here's a few SQLs or hey, we've just done a new piece of content or we've just written a new white paper. This, This is noise more than anything else. It has to be... Anything it has to revolve around the accounts that the sales team are interested in.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, like they have to see value in it, and then uh, most important of all, they have to see like, okay, how is this going to help me to close the account, right? Close the deal, mm. get this lead through the funnel, as they say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you brought up you you brought up that word that that dangerous word a couple of minutes ago about like MQL. So um, the question is, um, why are leads in MQLs things that you should not? be focusing on when it comes to ABM?
1: Well, the clue's in the name. So the clue's in the name, which is account-based marketing. So that, that if you're measuring accounts, the measurement of accounts is not MQLs. MQLs is you, know, is, is, you know, if you think about the evolution of where MQLs have come from, the whole kind of inbound marketing approach and content marketing, you know, phishing, fishing with with nets as opposed to fishing with spears and all these other, you know, um ways of trying to describe something. But the when you're targeting accounts, you need to have a new set of metrics. And those metrics need to be business outcome. Metrics, business-focused metrics, and an MQL is not a business outcome metric. That's just a metric to 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 explain that marketing are are, are busy beavering away doing stuff, and uh, it, it makes it sound good. But a business metric is, you know, what impact am I having? on the reputation of my my organization within that account? What impact am I having on the relationships that we are creating or the relationships that we are nurturing within that account? What impact is my ABM strategy having on the revenue um, within the accounts that we are targeting? So the real focus should be around business outcome metrics. And obviously, if you Google business outcome metrics, this is classic, classic business school. Anything that anybody who's looking to run a company, lead a company, influence the C-suite, talk to private investors. These are numbers and metrics that that, that are universal. Um, and I think going back to some of the other metrics, they are more, um, they're kind of, isolate marketing from the wider business as opposed to bringing marketing into the wider business so i think that's why probably why i'm so passionate about abm is the fact that i think it really brings marketing into the center of the organization rather than being somewhat on the outside
0: well it just pushes marketing further center stage um because mm-hmm. it's it it then becomes a a strategic um asset to helping uh drive or grow revenue right so okay um Declan, this next one, I've basically like um, taken a bunch of questions and put them all into this one bundle, right? And this is probably, these are probably questions that you get, um, you know, or you've heard them at least on sales calls with potential prospects and so forth. So this is probably nothing new to you. Um, you know, you get challenged by clients asking questions um, and, and most especially because they're, they're probably either new or they're just not familiar with AVM, right? So talk to us about how you would address the following. So I'll, I'll start with the first one. Okay. Yeah, Declan, ABM's great, but we've got a really long sales cycle. So how can we show progress or success along the way?
1: Yeah, well, obviously, if they have a long sales cycle, then obviously ABM is a perfect fit for them, which would probably be my first answer. I think my second answer would be understood. I mean, we always talk about ABM being a marathon and not sprints, and i think if you're going to be preparing for a marathon then you need to accept that there will be stages that you want to measure along the way you know whether it's the you know the 10k the 10k point the 20k point etc etc so as any runner knows you you, you train up to be a, to do a marathon by running a 5k or 10k then you get to a 20k and then you also go the full the full the full route so I think one thing that we say to our clients when we bring them on board is first of all we're very open and honest with them I think which is I think is the most important thing there's no point in trying to deceive people there's no point in trying to say to people look you're so used to do with MQLs, that you turn on a campaign and suddenly you've got 10 MQLs coming in your door every day. ABM is not like that because ultimately you're telling us, well, we're working together and we're agreeing on a set of accounts for you to target. And those accounts, we need to move those accounts through this ABM journey. So having said that, there are a number of, there's two parts to this this answer really. First of all, going back to the kind of three R's, the kind of reputation, relationships and revenue, there are a number of what we call lead indicators within those. Those, uh, business outcome metrics that you can measure in order to see that you are moving the dial, in order to see that the, the revenue, which is the ultimate goal of ABM, that will come down the road in this ABM in this ABM journey. So whether it's building the relationships, whether it's actually getting people getting target account decision decision makers and buying committees to consume your content whether it's getting decision makers and buying committee members to join your webinars or to join your executive workshops whether it's um getting decision makers and buying committee members to advocate internally about you which is one of the key things around abm whether it's actually then seeing sales pipeline coming through which then ultimately depending on the sales cycle which you mentioned earlier christian that sales cycle if the pipeline is there, then often we know whether it's a three-month, a six-month, three a nine-month, six a 12-month, nine an 18-month pipeline, then you, you know those lead indicators from a business outcome metrics point of view will indicate that that revenue will arrive. That's the first part of the answer. The second part of the answer is what we tend to do with clients is we tend to put in place what we kind of call kind of tactical ABM. And what that means is that we're already kind of doing the kind of background work, the foundational work. We're working on your ICP. We're working on the account selection. We're looking at um, uh, at your insights around your organization, your industry, your sector, your competition, et cetera. So we're building all this data. We're then kind of looking at a new value proposition for you, which is relevant to your target accounts. So while we're doing all that work, which tends to take about eight weeks or so, we're already building campaigns for you, which we call tactical. ABM. And by that, we we start spinning up some thought leadership. We start getting some of the the key voices within your company to to be heard. We start putting that content, which you probably already have in terms of different different content, but we spin it up in different ways. And we repurpose it to make sure that the audience that you want to see that content get to see that content very quickly. And that's already starting to build brands to enhance your brand reputation to reposition you if you're looking for a repositioning as part of your ABM strategy. So that's already starting to move things uh, a lot while we're doing the heavy lifting with you in the background. So in answer to your question, Christian, there's two parts. Obviously, the first part I mentioned in terms of these early indicators, and the second part, obviously, is this kind of tactical ABM. So it's kind of a two-pronged approach, really, um, in, in parallel. And then, obviously, the tactical ABM will continue when and as the the more strategic ABM takes off and starts to deliver sales pipeline and, and revenue? Okay, no,
0: no, fantastic. So uh, clearly uh, many ways to uh, measure progress as you as you advance further in um, mm, in, in, mm. In, the, uh, in the cycle, right Hey, it's Christian Klepp here. We'll get back to the episode in a second. but first, is your brand struggling to cut through the noise? Are you trying to find more effective ways to reach your target audience and boost sales? Are you trying to pivot your business? If so, book a call with I'm Blake consulting. Our experienced consultants will work with you to help your B2B business to succeed and scale. Go to www.imblake.co for more information. Yeah. Here comes the next one. You're going to have a field day with this one. Um, we may have to invest in ABM technology, to implement these activities that you're proposing. So, where do we start?
1: With ABM technology. Mm-hmm. Well, I could be quite, well. I could be quite controversial. I would actually say you shouldn't start with technology. Um, I think the, the. I mean, it's interesting. I I I run a podcast called Let's Talk ABM, and I remember last summer, I interviewed Sangram Vajri, who's obviously the um, one of the co-founders at Terminus, and uh, he's a really great guy. And and one of the kind of quotes I remember from that interview I did was that he said, "You don't need technology to do ABM." And that's kind of really stuck with me since then over the course of the last 12, 13, 14 months. And he he said, look, you know, I, I own and run a technology business, but I'm the first person to say that you don't need technology. And I think that's that's also been our approach very often with clients when they come to us and say, hey, look, we're looking to to buy this technology or the other technology and um we've been told we need it and we, we can't do abm without it etc so our answer always is it you 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 have to have a strategy first approach as opposed to a technology first approach if you can get your strategy right you can do some very very good abm without any technology because ultimately if you think about it abm in its at its core in its essence is Doing the impossible to help your sales team to win accounts. Now, if you think what that, if you kind of boil that down and you kind of sit with your VP of sales and say, hey, which accounts do you want to go after? Or which accounts rather are you going after? And and when do you need to close them by? Let me go away and think about how we can help you. So you may then end up deciding to run an executive workshop. Now, obviously, you might need to do it. It might be physical or it may be virtual. You may need some technology to facilitate that, but you may not. Um, You just may may need some great people to come up with some great ideas and some great content around that. And you run a a workshop and that helps to move the dial on that account. Or you may need to you've got some great content already, already created and you need to personalize it for the account, for the industry, for the pains and challenges that that account is facing at the moment. So that's just a good marketing job of taking that content and making it relevant and contextualized for the account you're looking to win. So there's an awful lot of things that you can do, which are, as I said, a strategy first, rather than technology. You know, obviously Scott Brinker, who who kind of creates that amazing infographic, which I'm not sure how he's going to keep doing it because there's already 5000 logos on it. Um, But he keeps on publishing it and it's an amazing piece of work. The Martech has exploded to such a point that sometimes you can't see the, you know, the wood for the trees. And I think we always say to people, pair back start small. If you've got, you know, CRM, if you've got HubSpot, if you've got Marketo, whatever you've got, you can do an awful lot within that. And then if you've got, you know, if you've got something like Vidyard for creating video, we use a platform called Turtle for creating great content experiences. You only need two or three things. And if I think about my own ABM programs that I run, we have very little technology because the, the main thing for us is really creating very special account experiences that allow the the account to go through, which can be, you know, a landing page that we've built in HubSpot, it can be a a website experience, it can be a direct mail asset that we've created, and we work with our partners on creating an amazing direct mail piece that they experience. And so I think that's my answer in summary, think strategy first, and then the technology will almost take care of itself, because the strategy will indicate what technology you need.
0: Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. I mean, with the strategy first approach, um, you know, I, I interviewed a gentleman a couple of weeks ago, and um, his name's is Dan and, um mm. His business is, he's in the business, excuse me, of fixing uh, the MarTech stacks of companies. Right? Mm. And one of the things that he says is that a lot of companies, to your point, they get tempted to just keep adding stuff to the pile. Right. And at the end of the day, when they start doing an audit, um, some of them run up a really high bill uh, on, on um, on you know, monthly fees on software that they very rarely use, right? Or just don't use effect- uh, effectively, right? Correct. Correct.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. All right. Um, and here's the last one of the bundle. All all well and good, Declan, but how do we create all of this content that we need? This, this really sounds like a ton of work
1: well it, i mean it can be but i think what we find when we do these audits of of our of customers when they when they join us and they come on board very often the even the marketing teams or at least the teams that that are talking to us about about avm they might not even be aware of the sheer volume of content that is already being created by their organization and Not only the volume, but also the creativity that can be done. And, you know, I was looking at one client of ours the other day and, and, you know, they had a podcast series that a lot of people in the organization didn't even know about. So this happens because a lot of these kind of large organizations, sophisticated organizations, you know, they've got a lot of people doing a lot of great stuff, but it doesn't necessarily mean that everything is always joined up. And I'm not, I'm not saying it necessarily has to be all joined up because obviously, you know, different teams do different things for different reasons. But what I think is missing very often is how do you bring that kind of content together in one place? And, and I think, you know, a lot of our clients kind of create and we help them to create ABM Centers of Excellence. And these ABM Centers of Excellence are very, very much a repository for where great thinking, great ideas great content can kind of become can come into and share and be shared and then people can pick it up and say, oh, I didn't know we had that that podcast or didn't know that we interviewed so and so or didn't know that we created an amazing um, white paper, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think my first uh, piece of advice is go and find out what you've got internally. Have a good dig around. Google the name of your company and the word podcast. Google the name of your company and the word white paper. Google the name of your company and SlideShare, you know, just go and find, and you'll be quite surprised. Because then what we find is that we very often say to our clients, look, we're not asking you to kind of recreate the wheel or reinvent the wheel. Whereas we can actually take a lot of your content and we can think about very clever ways of repurposing it. But the key thing for us, is actually because we've gone through all the work of the ICP, the account selection, we've created a unique value proposition which talks to your customers and your potential customers. We can then look at your content and say, well, how do we change that content? How do we use that content to to reflect that message, that value proposition so that it actually impacts and resonates with your audience? So I think that's the first. In the event that there isn't an awful lot of content, you've got different avenues. Obviously you've got teams internally, there's some great external people. That you can use. There's lots of great um, third-party uh, websites that can create content for you. There's great journalists that I use that create great content. And then there's you know we 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 create content for our clients as well. We create stuff when as and when required. So I think there's a, there's a there's a lot of answers to that to that to that challenge really.
0: Yeah, exactly. It almost seems a little bit like a menu. There's there's something in there for everybody, right? Like mm. um, several several options, several solutions to the problem. Fantastic. Um, what do you think is one of the biggest challenges that um, is facing ABM right
1: now? Um one of the biggest challenges. Well, probably going back to your, your point around technology. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a major challenge because a lot of companies are being, are being led by technology first rather than strategy first. So I think trying to untie that, we very often have to try to untie that when we're talking to to the market, um, because you know there's also a separation very often in companies between who is delivering the strategy and who is purchasing the, the, the technology, and so sometimes that 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 kind of conflict in a way is hey we've been handed this technology we now need to use it or hey we've got this this intent data platform we've got this automation platform we've got we've got this crm or whatever how do we tie all these things together and as you said, then create the content, create the value proposition, create the account experience, engage the accounts, measure the impact. There's an awful lot of moving parts. You know, We always talk about ABM very much being a journey, but we also talk about ABM very much being around orchestration. There are a lot of moving parts. It's almost like a film. In the sense that you've got a director, you've got actors, you've got lead actors, you've got supporting actors, you've got the best boy who's obviously holding the grip. You've got the, you know, you've got the editor in the studio. You've got the executive producer who's checking the budget and making sure that no one goes over budget. You've got the the studio head who's going crazy about the director's choice of of leading actress, etc. There's an awful lot of orchestration out there, and that orchestration, then, you know, that's one of the challenges of ABM, and so we very often what we find is when companies come to agencies like our, like ourselves, they have, you know, a couple of challenges. They've got a resource challenge and, or they've got a knowledge challenge. And so typically because ABM is relatively new and at the same time, it's relatively complicated, you know, agencies like us exist trying to solve those two issues, really putting, helping people with resources, Um, And helping people with the knowledge that they need to be successful. Because there's a lot of companies trying to do ABM, but they may be running some tactical linkedin paid into some target accounts they may be running some direct mail into some target accounts they may be doing some outbound sales into some target accounts but they're not joining all the dots together and they're not orchestrating it and then probably they have they've probably chosen the wrong accounts in the first place because the sales director said these are the accounts or the ceo said hey i like these logos please go and win them for me um which very often happens in a lot of companies that they have a certain obsession with certain logos um and obviously, we try to kind of demystify a lot of this and try to use data to inform a lot of the decision-making. So I think those are some of the challenges that I see out there.
0: That's a handful in terms of the challenges. And, uh, you know, I I love the uh, Hollywood movie set analogy because that's just probably like sums it all up quite nicely. Like, you know, all, all this stuff that's going on behind the scenes that people don't see on screen.
1: Right. So, um, and that's what, and that's without mentioning the audience, you've got to, we've got, you've got, we've actually right. got to watch the film, right? So, yes, yes, um,
0: absolutely. And, and yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, for these next two questions, Declan, I'm going to ask you, I mean, if you were, if you were in London, I'd ask you to go to Hyde Park and get up on your soapbox and start preaching there. But, <laughs> um, a commonly held belief or a status quo in the area of ABM that you passionately disagree with and why?
1: I suppose well, there's a couple of things. One, obviously, is a, the a similarity that people kind of say there exists between demand gen and an ABM. That's probably one that I'm pretty passionate about. And I think, you know, um, I'm not, you know, I have no wish to disrespect any demand gen work. And I think there's some amazing, amazing stuff being done out there. Um, in the market and I'm, I, I see some really, really great campaigns that done, done from a demand gen point of view, but I think it's a very different discipline to, to ABM. And that's not to say that the two do and should coexist in the company. It's not, this is not a binary choice. And I don't, some, sometimes people think it is a binary choice. Um, but it's definitely not a binary choice. Both demand gen and ABM should coexist, and indeed there should be a crossover in terms of what demand gen creates and whether or not any of those accounts that get created through demand gen, whether they warrant um, being uh, fed into an ABM strategy, that's that's a very solid approach, really. So I think that's one of the things that I see a lot out there is that kind of mixing the two together when, in fact, they are very, very solid, separate disciplines that coexist within an organisation. Um, I think that's number one. I think number two, obviously, is the that ABM can, can be done for any type of account, and I think because technology and we've been talking a lot, Christian, about technology today, because a lot of these technology vendors say, "Hey, you know, you can feed you know five thousand accounts or ten thousand accounts into this beautiful you know Willy Wonka machine, and then the Willy Wonka machine will spurt out a whole bunch of different types of chocolate flavor." And we will, you know, we all grew up watching that amazing film, but yeah. um, that's not the reality. And I, and I think it, it's 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 very disingenuous to think that you know you're you're doing abm at that level account based marketing as a name and a discipline started is treating one account as a market of one now while I can accept that the purest definition of one-to-one ABM with deep personalization, trying to win a multi-million pound account has been extended and amplified over the course of the last few years to embrace one-to-few where you're looking to target you know, 15, 20 accounts at any one time, what we call clusters, where they have similarities, be it they're in the same sector in the same industry, they've got the same business driver, the same business challenge. You can I can you can do that I and mean, then you can do a level of personalization. When you're trying to run you know ads content syndication into thousands of accounts, that's just that's just good demand Jen in my in my opinion and and I think those are the two things for me really.
0: Yeah, no, it was really great. Um, you, you know, for you elaborating that a bit further and to draw a line in the sand, so to speak. But um, yeah, and I, and I love the uh, Willy <laughs> Willy Wonk analogy. You, you forgot to mention the Loompas, you know, behind well, the. Yeah, I
1: I was trying to think. I was trying to think of the name of the lead the lead actor actually, whose names escaped me actually. But um...
0: yeah, well, there was the the original version, and then there was the Tim Burton version. So depending on who you're, <laughs> which one you're referring to, right. um. Kind of like the closing remarks, like you know, this piece of advice that you'd give um, would be clients out there that are you know contemplating like you know using companies like yourself for a for you know for their ABM initiatives. Mm. Um, what is one thing that you think they should start, and one thing you think they should stop doing when it comes to ABM?
1: Well, I think it. My answer will probably depend on where they are on their ABM journey. Whether they haven't started yet, because I mean, typically when we kind of survey the market, the, the answer tends to be kind of one third, one third, one third. I.e., one third haven't started but are contempt, you know contemplating starting. One third are in the early stages of ABM, and obviously one third are much more mature, twelve months plus. But e- each one of those three groups have different needs when it comes to ABM. So, and we obviously as an agency help help all three of those groups. But I think. If somebody's looking to, um, to to think about starting, my main, I suppose, my two pieces of advice would be: one, get as close as you can to your sales leaders. Talk to your head of sales, your VP of sales, your sales director. Get as close to them as possible. You know, to what 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 accounts are they trying to win? You know, and what challenges are they finding when they're trying to win these accounts, or trying to actually? It may be that they're actually stuck. And it may well be that when you talk to the head of sales, they might tell you, do you know what, we're fantastic at, uh, at winning accounts. I mean, I was talking to a recent you know, Let's Talk ABN podcast guest, and, and they explained explaining to me um, that their sales team are fantastic at winning accounts, but they're not great at expanding accounts. So you go to all this effort to win an account, but then you've got so many more opportunities within the account. And that's where ABN can really come into its own is this kind of whole land and expand. So get close to your sales directors, your sales leaders, find out where they are having the greatest challenge. Is it in winning or is it in expanding accounts? And do the impossible to help them with that. You, you as a marketer will know what to do. You'll know some of the key areas that you can help them with. So that would be my first piece of advice. Is, is is that, and then my second piece of advice is, and this is something that was a question actually I asked all of the um, all of my podcast guests as well is, and the the resounding answer from everyone is start small. Start small. Don't try to you know, go you know. Don't have you kind of your eyes are bigger than your stomach. Try to try to have a, a pilot a select number of accounts, perhaps for a one-to-few campaign where you're targeting a cluster of, of, of an industry that you're interested in or a, um, a business challenge that you can solve, etc. Start relatively small, test. Um, Jennifer Lever, who heads up ABM at Bazaar Voice, which is, you know, she's one of the great ABMs out there. You know, she has a great expression, which is, you know, crawl, walk run and I think that's probably a great lesson for everyone is is just get that kind of rhythm going and going back to the analogy around running a marathon you've got to get your you know your step and once you get your step then it feels a lot easier so I think that's probably a key key uh, part as well really and stop what should they stop doing Mm -hmm. well I think they should stop seeing marketing as being you know a bastion a silo in its own right, really, and try to be a little bit less defensive of marketing. Um, and I think that the, the thing that is most encouraging about doing ABM is that all these walls come down. Mm-hmm. You know, all these walls come down. And and you start building really, really strong relationships with your sales colleagues, with your customer success colleagues, with your operation colleagues, with with, with the C-suite as well, with, with, the, with your CEOs. CFO, CEO, whoever is out there, you start building some fantastic relationships there because of the fact that you're all working together on a set of accounts. And then everyone is celebrating those accounts. And I think that really becomes infectious. It, it, It really starts everyone to kind of start celebrating together. And so it's not so much, hey, you know, marketing have done that, we just launched a fantastic billboard or we're just on, you know, on Times Square or whatever, you know, that's all very good and dandy, but it's actually about, Hey, what are we as a business doing? And then everyone celebrates. And I think that becomes really quite contagious, really and quite infectious and everyone really gets hooked on moving those accounts through that ABM journey.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. That that was some pretty solid advice, and you know, thanks. Thanks again for sharing that, and uh, thank you for coming on um, and, and sharing your expertise and experience with the listeners. I really hope that they, um, like myself, have been taking notes and that they walk away from this getting tremendous value. So, uh, Declan, please uh, do us the honor of, um, you know, telling us a little bit about yourself and how people can get in touch with you. And rumor has it that you're quite the linguist.
1: <laughs> well, I'm not sure. I, I, we, we had a conversation before, Christian, and I think you can probably beat me on the number of languages. But I'm I'm, I'm passionate about <laughs> languages, and uh, I've studied a few, and I speak I speak a few. So uh, hmm. it's uh, it's it's one of my passions. Um, but in terms of you know, I I've been involved in sales and marketing for at least twenty odd years. Mm-hmm. I'm now living in the mountains north of Madrid, and uh, I don't think anyone will, will remove me here from Spain. I'll uh, I'll end my days here in this in this beautiful country. And mm-hmm. uh, just to find me also on LinkedIn, Declan Malkin, and obviously I'm the CMO of an ABM agency, Strategic ABM. So I'm sure you can find us there. And I, I run a podcast that, Christian, you've listened to a few episodes yes. of called Let's Talk ABM, and, it, and it's one of my passions as well, is just talking ABM to other people out there who are... Are, um, who are leading the charge, really? So, uh, Christian, thanks once again for inviting me, and it's been an absolute pleasure.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Declan, for your time. And, you know, take care, uh, stay safe, and uh, talk to you soon.
1: Thank you. Bye. Likewise, Christian.
0: Okay, bye for now. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. To learn more about what we do here at Einblick, please visit our website at www.imblick.co and be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player.